from the heart of Franklin, Texas, this is Dangerously Wrong. Welcome back into the show on this wonderful start to your weekend or midweek, wherever you're catching this show. Just know that the Dangerously Wrong podcast remains on the front lines of sanity in an insane world, on the front lines of truth in an untruthful world, bringing you the greatest pieces of information. I don't know. <laughs> Golly. Hey, y'all are all lucky because he did all of his uh, voice acting prior to hitting record, so he got it, got it out of his He's system. just asking a question. Where's Fauci? Where's Fauci? He's in the basement with Joe Biden. So I, boosters. <laughs> I started watching, so I actually bookmarked a few things, um, and uh, just kind of like what he's doing, he's kind of gone on this, like, on this, not tangent, but like on these line of shows, like these smaller podcasts, yeah. these smaller shows, he went on a comedy show, Yeah. Uh, just to let you know, so you don't have to watch it, he wasn't very funny. I saw it. Um, and so... Uh, but he's still trying to keep this thing alive, as as the uh, White House has kind of gone away with all mandates. Um, he's trying to keep this thing alive, and I don't think it's working. And a lot there, and we will get to that, but we jump in to start where we started last week because I think there's a lot of thoughts that I have that have changed in the last seven days as we continue to be glued to the crisis in Ukraine, as Russian forces appear to be today about where they were last Friday, right? I mean, we, we kind of started talking about this. I mean, I feel like the news last Friday was Russian forces are 14 miles from Kiev. They are going to plan an encircle movement and the capital should be captured in the next 14 hours. Seven days later, it's like, Today is the two-year anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread, right? I mean, here is the question that I want to jump into right off the bat, and that is what part of the media reports about all of this do you actually believe? Right. So just think about for the last two years, we've heard a lot about COVID, but how much of it was actually true? Well, not, not even that. For the last two years, we've more disputed, than more than just COVID, but we've disputed the MSM's data themselves, right? Right. We, I think, we listeners of the this Dangerous show, Dangerously Right podcast, I yeah, mean, and yeah. and and like-minded individuals have openly questioned the accuracy of the mainstream media, yep. and now we have the world watching a war unfold between Russia and Ukraine. Just a couple things that come to my mind. I have watched most people from the Bush administration, which I've got severe questions of. Uh, Fox News continues to drag all these old Bush administration experts onto their show. I got, I've got a lot of questions there to begin with. Okay, well, share some of your but, questions. But they, they drag these people out who are speaking on behalf of Putin's cognitive function okay Condoleezza Rice has been on several times on several shows nobody knows Putin like Condi hey what do you see these reports of oh he's a very isolated individual he trusts no one there's these pictures of him sitting at these long tables Russian forces are 
putting holes in their own gas tanks so their guys don't have to fight. I'm not, I'm not convinced. Right. Because there's a tremendous part of me that believes, is that not a propaganda campaign on behalf of our own government? Mm. And is it, it's a good thought. Is it not an effort to convince us that our support for Ukraine is in the right, even though we know that it's just tricky because we know that Ukraine is a country with a very corrupt past. Vladimir Zelensky ran on a platform of anti-corruption, but one of the most famous sound bites out of the campaign was Joe Biden, whose son was on the gas board Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company, and a government prosecutor was investigating it and Biden is on tape very famously saying, I told Zelensky, I'm on a plane in a couple hours and a 40 million's going with me. And wouldn't you know it, I think he says that SOB was fired and the money was delivered. Well, that's a quid pro quo, which mm. they accused Trump of for four years. So it's it's a tricky situation. And I just wonder, do we are we invested in a side? Is the is America invested in a side in this war? Based on what you see in the media, what would you say? Well, I, I mean, I think based on what we see in the media is that we are in full support of Ukraine. That uh, Ukraine is falling every second of every minute. And so, but surely Russia is uh, completely taking over. But also what we see is that Ukrainians are fighting back. And that they're holding off Russian forces in most places. Correct. I don't know that, though. Right. Do you, That's what we see. From where? The news. The media. This is my point. Because you and me are watching again. Look at this. This does not look like we're, we, we're watching uh, live again, just in case anything happens during our podcast. You look at these, these images you're seeing right here. Towns destroyed. Does that look like the Ukrainians are winning? Looks like they're getting smacked. Smashed. And so to me, you've got uh, just, uh, I'm having trouble necessarily believing what I'm being fed on TV. Okay, but let's, but hear me out. Just hear me. I'm going to play devil's advocate yeah. a little bit. Don't you think Ukraine has prepared for this? Like they have put things in place in in just the thought that Russia might invade them one day? I, I that don't would know. Help them I, what I'm struggling is I'm struggling to see. I understand that Russia is a large country. As Kamala Harris so eloquently put it, Russia, Russia is a big country. <laughs> Ukraine is a smaller country. And a big country invaded the smaller country. And it's very bad. And it's wrong. It's wrong. Uh, I, I wonder, I, I don't understand the Ukrainian military operation here. It is every man grab a gun. Where is the Ukrainian army? Yeah. Do they, I, I'm not, Are they like, I'm not super aware as far as. Their tactic? Their no, plan? Uh, I don't know the 
the depth at, at which they have. Okay, I know so there's some debate I, about trying to get the U.S. to send them some F-35 fighter jets. Okay. Okay. So do they I have know they any? got a lot of people fighting for them. I've watched videos of of American press reporters on the ground, um, and one guy I watched walked like made like a 16 hour trip because he couldn't drive. There was no get like everything was shut down, and so he makes us walk with all these people. Well, they get to the border, and there are military uh, there shouting, "If you are this age to this age, you have to turn around and go back and fight for your country." And so, like, they got people fighting, right? But they're not. But trained. that doesn't seem that doesn't seem like uh, the Russian military has eight hundred thousand troops enlisted in it, right? They've got something like a hundred and thirty to three hundred thousand or something involved in this campaign right here. Okay, just a, a third of of their troops and of their forces. To me, what is when it comes to what side that we're on, I, I just I struggle because on the one hand, you're you're right. Based on what you turn on the TV, you would say the world is on Ukraine's side. We, we as Americans, we're on Ukraine's side, except yesterday we sent $20 million in aid to Ukraine and we sent weapons to Ukraine and we sent a check for $300 million to Russia for oil. That's, that's, to me, that's a little tricky. Every single day, well, that's, that's just... every single day, the United States purchases 600,000 barrels of oil today, $114 a barrel. Every single day, the United States buys 600 barrels of oil a day from Russia. Who are, are we really it's on almost Ukraine's feels side? Like Biden just steps on his toes every single day. His own, he, it, if we, if he never shut down the pipeline, if we got the Keystone built, whatever, whatever, we we'd be. Which and and I thought I saw that he. Him, I thought I saw him say that we were going to start uh, relying on our resources that we have here. Correct, now. but he means green energy. Okay. I mean, I, just to me, r right off the bat, I just have trouble believing. I think there is a. What we have seen is that the media machine is capable of feeding us whatever they, whoever they is, the deep state, Biden, whatever, whoever they want, or or the 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 media is capable of feeding us whatever they want us to hear. Right. And it appears to me, in this situation, we it it it, it appears that we are being fed. Uh, Putin has lost his mind. Russian forces are not very capable, and the Ukrainians are this little engine that could, who is handing out guns in the streets, and they are taking up arms to defend their their little country. But when I really look and I really focus, that just uh, that just to me doesn't seem like what is playing out in front of us. When you look at the sheer damage, when you look at taking over the nuclear power plant last night, again, that was a perfect example. Friend sent a tweet saying, hey, this power plant has been bombed. Nuclear radiation is seeping out. 
Well, we now know today that's false. That, that was not true. In fact, Russian forces seized the nuclear plant. Why? Because they want, they want it. They want to control it. Mm. So, to me, I just wonder. I've got real questions. There are a lot of questions. One question I have, and we'll talk about COVID more later on, but I feel like one of the questions you have is, or not even a question, but a statement of like, you play these things on the news and you cycle them through. Like if you sat here all day, you would see this clip probably a hundred times. Just to just to every guess. thirty minutes, it would appear. That it would it is appear. Breaking news. Yes. Um. And so, I think a lot of it is smokescreen, uh, for what is going on here in the United States as we kind of uh, wind down, if you will, on these COVID restrictions. Um, I think I think it's almost perfect timing, to say the least, um, even though I hate to say that. And it's almost suspicious, you know? Um, and we'll never know. You 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 might have a good grasp, but like we'll never we'll never actually know why Putin did this, what his reasoning behind it is. Um, but maybe we have an idea. But also the question you have to ask is, are we also involved in some sort of way? So uh, to me, I, I try. I've tried to. I don't have any evidence of this, but I've long believed that that by the Biden administration is compromised by Putin. There are obviously there are obviously issues there that concern me. And I think there is evidence there that is alarming and that points us to the fact that something doesn't add up. Let's let's number one. The the first thing I thought about this week. In twenty eighteen we were told Russia hacked the United States election system and was solely responsible for electing Donald Trump as president. Mm. Correct? Yep. That's the narrative. For four years, that's what for we heard. For four years. Trump is owned by Russia. Trump and Russia collusion. We've got to do this investigation. The Russians hacked the election system, and they are responsible for putting Donald Trump into power. Okay, so that's that's the story. Now, Russia has two major invasions, Crimea, Georgia, and now Ukraine. The common denominator is that Joe Biden was involved in both. The first incursion, he was vice president. Now, this incursion, he is president. No action on behalf of Putin while Donald Trump was president. That's suspicious. I don't have an answer to it. It's suspicious. But it I think further, it boils down to respect. I don't know. There's a lot of things there, okay? And it's not worth the, the point, the purpose of our right. debate today to get to. But what I point to is says, if Russia cyber uh, forces were so sophisticated that they could hack the entire United States election system, then why aren't they launching cyber attacks right now? Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, we, we, you and me have pointed this out. In every video, the lights are still on in the country of yeah. Ukraine. So... Why not just hack the electric grid? Yeah. Well, and I've seen videos of of people talking about this group, this special forces group, um, who claims that they can, Russian special forces group, who claims that they can hack anything at will. 
And so, like, I watched a video that said that they, for fun, just to prove that they could do it, hacked, like, a small part of Ukraine and made it go offline for, like, five hours. Exactly. But you're now in war. Right. Okay. Russia's been removed from the SWIFT banking system, the international banking system. Why not hack it? You're having assets frozen. Why not hack those? Why not? Why not? Take your cyber skills and launch an attack on an American institution of some kind, just as a warning shot that says, hey, don't come over here and mess in our business. Yeah. Or one of the NATO countries, Poland, that is taking in refugees. But why not hack why not hack something there and say, hey, stay out of this? Quit sending aid over here. All you NATO countries, quit sending in these Javelin missiles, these anti-tank missiles. Quit sending them over because at the end of the day, to me, that's a that's an alarming truth that no one has been able to answer. Yeah. If the Russians were capable of A, then why aren't they doing it again? Yeah. So I that that's one of the things I think that makes me skeptical of this whole narrative about Russia. The flip side is I see the results of what's going on. I see how the amount of devastation that's happened. Mm. And these reports about, hey, uh, Russian forces are delayed. They're slow moving. The convoy that was north. Hey, I would encourage you a side note here, total side note, because David did it for the very first time. I think you should all Google a map of Russia. I think sometimes in our minds, we probably haven't done that since ninth grade, 10th grade world history. Whenever you kind of took that, you kind of forget the sheer size of Russia, particularly compared to a place of China, where Russia sits compared to some of these places, exactly how close Russia is to Alaska and if you go on a map and you kind of see what seizing Ukraine and then into the Baltic states of Latvia, Lithuania, what that would do for Putin, it it doesn't become so crazy. It, it doesn't. He on the north he has Finland, Sweden. Those are neutral states, and he's got an incredible buffer system and access to different bodies of water through Crimea. He's got land bridges to the Black Sea. So I, I would encourage you to do that. Number one, but. I just have some real questions because I continue to see things back and forth and I, I'm I'm just concerned about the United States involvement in this. It worries me. I think it was last week I said, does Putin have pictures on Joe Biden, right? Is that yeah, why our response? And, and I think when you look at what Americans are doing, we've said, hey, we'll do anything to stop this war. Well, uh, I mean, except stop buying oil from Russia, which yeah. is how they make all their money. That that concerns me. Hundred percent. And and so and you explained this to me before the podcast, and I think you should explain it on here. Uh, just a reminder: history major over there. Um, if if Russia takes Ukraine, you said then they have then you said they have they're surrounded by water on three different sides. Yeah, really, by an essence, at least from a threat standpoint, right? If Russia if Russia is able to get Ukraine and the Baltic states, you've really restored Russia to a World War II situation. And this is 
this to me is a really incredible, it's kind of a long, it's kind of a long uh, concern here, but it to me, as an American today, that I think should be our greatest concern. Mm. That I would not listen, we're watching Fox News, I don't believe half of what they're saying. I think you just have to live that way today. Yeah. The end of the day, look at this. This is Ukraine, look at this. We're watching right now, Borda Kanka, Ukraine. This is footage from Thursday. The entire place is destroyed. Yeah. I mean, these are 20-story apartment buildings. They are they are in rubble. I mean, that's an uninhabited town. Look at this. Russia is not failing. Right. Okay, side note real fast. I don't want to get dis distracted here. Remind me to come back to your question. Okay. Okay, because one of the things that we're being fed is Russian forces are delayed. They can't get their supply chain together. Troops in the back, they've lost their rear flank. Ukrainian forces have come up behind them and taken them over. They were positioned along the border for this blitzkrieg. U.S. operations said it should have taken 72 hours. It's now been seven days. But the German blitzkrieg in World War II, which is the famous blitzkrieg of them all, it's where we get shock and awe from and in Iraq after 9-11, like that blitzkrieg that the Germans are famous for took six weeks. Yeah. Now, as is the case, we always remember the past with a greater light. So we look at it and say, hey, you know, you've ever heard the phrase in life, hey, the fog of war. We're, we're, in, the, we're in the fog of war. That's a, that saying comes because it's a real thing. You second guess yourself. Countries make bad decisions. I think about all the wars I studied. Hey, what was his error? Well, he, he invaded during winter, okay? Or he invaded during the spring. Right now, you've got the kind of the, the northern or, or the the north the southern part of Russia starting to thaw from the winter. Now they can't drive trucks except on main roads. That's why you see the Ukrainians blocking the roads with dump trucks and sandbags, and they can't get their tanks because the frozen ground is now marshy. Like people make errors in war, mm. and so you stop and you regroup. Yeah, which I think is what you saw the Russians doing. And to me, it's very clear. I think the Russians thought they could come in. And they could have a very clear, pinpointed attack. Hey, psh, 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 very specialized. I think what you're seeing is the Russian military does not have that capability. The mm. United States military would. Yeah. Precision guided missiles. The United, the Russia doesn't. And what you now saw is they've regrouped and they've gone to mass destruction. They're just bombing anything and everything. Yeah. And so before we say, hey. Putin sucks. He's clearly lost his mind. And you go head first in believing this. I just don't see. And and the other question is, how long are you going to care? Like we've had this on in the church now for two weeks on the TV in the, in the office. We're watching it. But how much longer is it going to stay the front page of U.S. forces? Right. Because I think there's a little bit to Putin there. You know, like how you're starting to get it a little bit, huh? Right, like COVID fatigue, Ukraine fatigue. How long can it stay in the front page? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, we've used this as an example before, but I think the media is really good at it, and I think just the government is really good at it across the board. It's just really milking out um, catastrophes or diseases or whatever it is to milk it out to their liking to milk it out and run it as long as they need to um in order for them to one gain more power to use it as a smoke screen um to do some kind of things in the background 
And so, like, we do get tired of it, and I think that plays a role in it, and I think that's what they want is for us to just get so tired that we stop really listening, that we stop really caring, that we just kind of go, oh, it is what it is. And that's when they strike. That's so, when they do kind of the, the bigger things and make the bigger moves. Um, and right now we're kind of taking taking two punches at once with COVID and then with this Ukraine war. So I, I, I'm going to disagree. Okay. Uh, my brother sent me a text saying, hey, this attack on the nuclear plant is a could be, there's a theory orchestrated on behalf of the Americans so that Americans won't build nuclear power plants. What I know is there's a few facts. The number one factor in midterms over the course of history in whether a party has maintained power or lost power. Do you know what it is? There's one factor that statistically has influenced the vote in a midterm election of whether the party that's in power stays in power. And historically, it's true more than any other factor. Can you take a guess what it is? Mm, I'm, we're talking about nuclear power, nuclear power or gas weapons? prices. Gas prices. Okay. I was not. What close. are gas prices doing right now? Skyrocketing. Skyrocketing. If the United States does really what its only option is, they have to quit buying oil from Russia. If they are to do that, if they are to make the decision to quit buying oil from Russia, gas prices are going to go up even higher. Unless the Biden administration cuts ties with its tree-hugging bed partners and begins to renew our energy here, and a side note, how can the United States claim to be a world superpower when they don't produce their own energy? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. We were net exporters 2020. If that's not going to happen, gas prices continue to go up. In my mind, this war is awful for the Biden administration. It's awful. Because if you, if you just run down the list, COVID, your paycheck, inflation, what you see at the stores, the price you pay at the pump, and world peace. What in your life is better under Biden than it was under Trump? Uh, nothing. So it makes the midterms really, really hard. I saw some statistics from the Wall Street Journal today, and I just have them off the top of my head because I just glanced at them this morning. So we just had midterms in Texas. Tuesday? Yeah. Voter, Republican voting is up like 38%. 38% more Republicans voted in this midterm than four years ago in the 2018 midterms. In some places, in some counties, Republican votership is up over 100%. Wow. That would tend to tell me the red wave is coming. Biden has to do everything he can. We're going to cover one of those things of how they're trying to get out from under COVID because they've just snapped their fingers and said, oh, COVID's over. Uh, and we'll cover that in just a second. I think this is a mess for him. Okay. And so the question is, if he could convince Putin to stop, man, his reelection goes a long ways. Okay. But I think the evidence shows Putin has the leverage on Biden not the other way around. And so what is he going to do? And this comes back to your question. What is he wanting? And I believe that what 
Putin wants to do is he wants to secure Ukraine and the Baltics because it would require any future incursion into Russia that was on the ground to be from the water, would be an amphibious invasion. Okay. Which the last time we did that was D-Day, which was the most bloody day possible. Um, I think there's also a desire on behalf of Putin to draw American troops in. When you hear people, it's important, when you hear people talking about NATO forces, do you know, do you know who they're talking about? What, no. do you, what do you believe when they say, hey, send in NATO to stop Russia? What do you think that means? Isn't it multiple countries? Is that what multiple countries that make up one yeah, so who so if they military were military entity? Yeah, so if they were is? to send in NATO forces, how who do you think they'd be sending in? I don't know. Yeah, the, the reality <laughs> is it's gonna be American forces. Mm. Because who this is what concerns me. You turn on the news, I know we've been all over the map, but you turn on the news, what do you see? Pouring out Russian vodka. Oh, we're showing them really taking a stand. <laughs> Apple not going to sell their products there. China's going to invade Taiwan, by the way. It's going to happen. You think Apple's going to stop selling the iPhone in China? Probably not. Mm -mm. You had the NBA players. They wore yellow socks for Ukraine. Mm. Powerful message. Really changed. That really changed it. At the end of the day, though, when you look at the forces and you say, it appears the whole world's on Ukraine's side. Where do you think China is? Whose side's China on? Russia. Russia. In fact, we heard that last week, that for three weeks, the U.S., or for three months, the U.S. had deep intelligence from spies within the Russian government of the buildup, exactly where those forces were. They sent all of that information to Chinese officials, asking them to persuade Putin from not invading and the Chinese officials instead rejected the request and went to Putin and said, Hey, here's all the evidence the Americans have on you. You need to be careful. The Iranians, whose side are they on in this deal? It ain't the Ukrainians as Joe Biden said in the state of the union address. <laughs> when you Iran nuclear state, China, probably the China owns the world right now. If America can't get energy independent and can't get its products back from China, China will, will, will rule the world. So who's going to fight Russian forces? Is it going to be the French? Germany has like the lowest amount of troops in its history. The Italians? What country in Europe has a superior air force? Can you name one? It's going to... So it all falls on us as well. This you're is why Trump was so outraged with NATO. All these countries are using the blood of American soldiers and they weren't even paying for it at the time. Yeah. So it's just ridiculous to say that NATO is the solution. And what I fear is that Putin knows exactly what he's gonna do. He's gonna take Ukraine, he's gonna take the Baltics, he wants to draw Americans into the battlefield. But what we have to remember is Putin has nuclear weapons. And it's important to understand Russia's nuclear weapons are very different than America's nuclear weapons. America has Hiroshima, okay, Nagasaki, the two most famous atomic bomb 
moments in history, right? 368 kiloton bombs, something like that. My numbers could be off. The United States has that capability on nuclear submarines in the ocean right now, ready to go. Mm. But that is mass destruction weapons. The United States has a different arrange. The United States has weapons of, or, or, or excuse me, Russia has weapons that they can deploy in the battlefield that are localized nuclear weapons. Mm. One kiloton warheads. Now, I think the best way to describe it is Russia has a stair step of nuclear weapons. The United States really has just the trump card. We, we don't really have, to my knowledge, an, an, a, re, a regional battlefield arsenal of nuclear weapons. That's not how we battle. The Russian doctrine for war is escalation to de-escalate. Mm. Is that not what you're seeing? Yeah. They're trying to get the rest of the world to back off by what? Pressing harder. Yeah. I mean, these, vi these images these videos we're watching. Help. These videos help. Correct. So here's what will potentially play out. The Russian forces take Ukraine and into the Baltics. NATO forces now, that's NATO countries. Latvia, Lithuania, those are NATO countries. So if Russia goes there, you're going, Article 5, you're now going to draw NATO forces in. Remember, when we're saying NATO forces, we're saying American troops. You're going to draw American troops into a conflict. American troops will win. Make no mistake, the American troops would win that war. They would win that battle. But my fear is, once you get Americans on the battlefield, now Putin has the ability to use his regionalized nuclear weapons and to create a catastrophe that then requires us to respond on a scale that I just don't want us to, to respond with. And that, to me, is, that is a, that's a very difficult situation. Yeah. And so... That 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 is that's the state of where we if are. If that I goes down, how so. do you think it ends? Do you think it ends with like an assassination of Putin? No, I I don't. Like, Pe people keep saying Lindsey Graham tweeted that out. I don't understand. No, I don't think so. I don't I don't think that at all. I think that um um I, I don't know how it ends. Certainly, you, you can war game it. Yeah, but you never know. You you never know how those war games are going to end. It's why the United States military needs to quit sending people through pronoun training and freaking get us back to being the greatest trained military in the world because you see the losses that Russia is losing. They have lost five, 600 troops. Now, they've killed 2,000 troops. The rule of thumb is three to one, four to one. Yeah. The, home, the home team is a three to one advantage, four to one advantage. Some say six to one. That's, that's a lot, especially in Ukraine. But you're saying, hey, it's your home turf. You've got American nationalism. You're fighting for your home, your home country. So that's a three-to-one advantage. You know the terrain. you know. But those stories of Russia troops losing their way because Ukrainians changed the road signs. Stop it. It's not 1890. Yeah. They're using GPS. They've got satellite imagery too. I just I think we got to be really, really careful. Mm. So mm. we'll continue to monitor that. But that, to me, is one of those situations. If you want to be nervous today, that's where I would be nervous. And uh, COVID is still in the news. We had the State of the Union, and I think the Biden administration did everything in their power to convince us that COVID was out of the news. 
But COVID is still in the news, and I think COVID is famously in the news due to the SNL skit. SNL has now taken on COVID, and they too have agreed it's over. You've seen the SNL skit, David. What's your thoughts? Well, so I hadn't seen it prior to us hitting record, and so Bronson made me watch it prior to us hitting record. And uh, I think it was funny. I think that was the point. But I also think uh, it's it's kind of smart on their part uh, because how what better way to say COVID's over and the science has changed than an SNL skit. No, not not what better way to say it's over. What better way to wash your hands of your responsibility? Mm, okay, even better. Even better. And so what better way than and, an SNL and I, skit the to le- make people laugh and they go, oh, yeah, that was silly. The left's pretending that they've been rational the whole time. Yeah. It's exactly what they're doing. Right. And we got into this in a family group, and I just, I'm not there. I, the left is responsible for perpetuating chaos and loss of freedoms, not to mention, let's just be honest, under five-year-old child abuse. Yeah. And to me, the worst part of the SNL skit is is the insanity of COVID restrictions, is realizing none of it ever made sense, yet people lost their jobs, businesses were destroyed, friendships ended, doctors lost their jobs, doctors were ostracized from the medical community, mm. the Supreme Court had to step in and strike down mandates. That's that's no laughing matter. Yeah, Like, there are people today, mom-and-pop shops, who lost all their livelihood over this. Yeah. There are people in jail because they lost their minds at a school board meeting and these FBI is now targeting them as domestic terrorists. It's not funny. And yet out of the blue, the CDC comes out the day before the State of the Union address. address mm. Pretty convenient. Says, pretty convenient. Mass mandates for most of us are over. And living in a place where there was no mass mandate, you're like, hey, welcome to the party. And... I just there's I've got some thoughts behind the mask mandate ending. I wonder what you what does the future look like? Uh, what do you think the future looks like now that mass mandates have ended? Well, I, I think it's, let's talk about that that South Florida video, right? Right. What, what do you, what do you think it looks like now that mask wearing is over? It's just so hard to tell. I feel like you're always gonna have uh, people wearing masks. I think it's just gonna be normal now. I don't think. Don't do that. I think I think people are still going to wear a mask because they are so convinced, they have been so convinced over the past two years that masks work, um, that they help prevent them from getting COVID. Uh, and so where do I think it goes? Um, I think most of your American people will be elated. Um, they'll rip their mask off. They'll do a burning party, whatever. Um, and for some, life will go back to normal. And uh, I think that's the plan. I think that's what uh, the Biden administration is attempting to do is to make things seem normal again, um, especially just in the wake of of these midterms um, and how bad Democrats have looked. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, I, I think, I think it, I don't think much changes in in terms of like COVID. So we're gonna be part of the daily conversation. People are still gonna talk about it. 
people are still going to be mad that people don't wear masks. People are still going to be mad that people don't get the vaccine. Uh, but it's definitely, it's definitely a political ploy, um, to help them, um, in the reelection cycle. Well, and I, uh, and I fear that you're right. I have feared that. There's a glimmer of hope. Because your mistress, Kathy Hockle. No, no, no. She's, she's no not more. your girlfriend. No more. This is your, no, is this your side piece? She tweeted out she was so excited to end the mask mandate for kids in New York City public schools. Mm. Effective March 7th, I believe. Just a quick perusal of her Twitter mentions. The very first one. I have two high-risk kids. This could kill them. I'm very disappointed you didn't wait until spring. Very disappointed. What about immunocompromised kids or kids under five who can't get vaxxed yet? Just food for thought. Here's another. These are all in order. Do you not realize how stressful this is for those of us who work in schools and have little advance notice? Angry face. Mm -hmm. I am with you. The move to remove masks is a political ploy because... Democratic polling showed it was going to be a single voter issue. Here's what that means. Most of the time, you have your top three. You believe it. Sanctity of life. That's your number one. So that draws you probably immediately to being a Republican, but not necessarily. Maybe your economy. Maybe your national security. Whatever. These are my three issues. Immigration. Okay. So then you pick the candidate who is two out of three or whatever the case may be. This is going to be a midterm where there's a single voter issue. Who was for COVID? Who was against COVID? Yeah. And the Democrats had impact research produce a detailed memo of how to recover from this. You got this? I got it. And I love these tips, right? Declare the COVID, the crisis phase of COVID over. Push for people to feel and act normal. Recognize people are worn out. Take their side. Don't talk about COVID zero, which we've seen countries do. And here, number four, is why you can't find Fauci. Stop talking about restrictions and an unknown future. Because in all those places that you referenced Fauci appearing on, yeah. he is still end of he, the world he hysteria. Is like, he is like against this. Against it, completely. He is like, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> Here's what I fear. We've created a group. There is a group that's never going to get over. Yeah. Never going to get over. Yeah. So I was worried too. And I've got an interesting hypothesis for why. Okay. I'm going to walk down that road and you tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. Okay. Prior to COVID even starting, we were the most medicated country in the world. Right? Yeah. You've seen the Oxycontin article come out. Six billion dollars or something in restitution. Big Pharma was who created the pain scale one to ten. Tell us how you feel, right? In order to over medicate people, the drug crisis was one of the central pieces of Trump's presidency. You have all these people overdosing on drugs, drug dependent. I asked my wife. I said, "You will look at medical history charts every day." She had an interesting. She had an interesting point of view. She said if she were to guess, somewhere around 25 to 30% of her patients list that they are currently taking some sort of anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication. Hmm. They also list in their medical history 
same percentage, she said, 25 to 30% list some sort of bout with a mental health issue. I found that very interesting because when it comes to getting medication for a mental health issue, right. there's only so much you can be medicated and still be able to function. Okay? So we I've got a dear friend. He is one of the greatest dudes I've ever hung out with. Was a really successful coach in the Nashville area. He kind of has a breakdown. The medication that he's on is not good. It's not balanced. He sees doctors, all this kind of stuff. They work out the perfect balance. Now he is his life's back together. Incredible God testimony. Like that is that's a lot of people's story. Hey, I think that if you're in ministry for more than 30 seconds, you realize that you probably work, if you're just the average listener out there, you probably have a coworker who you're like, man, I can't figure them out. One day they lose their mind and one day they're what? Likely they're on some form of medication. Mm. If you're just in ministry, you deal with people and you're like, holy cow, that person is bat crazy. Well, likely they're on some form of medication and there are days where it's later or they didn't take it at the right time and it wanes and goes. I just wonder, there's a part of me that would hypothesize we were already psychologically at such a fragile state. Prior to COVID? Prior to COVID. And the mask hysteria has created in Not for any particular reason. No, just just we were overly medicated, overly depressed, over anxious. And for a large percentage of people, I don't know that the mask hysteria can go away. Right. I worry that they've let themselves get to a place where they'll never be able because you they are so anxious. Right? They've they've come to such a mental health state. And here's what I would say about Democrats involved in this. Democrats wore masks religiously when it was convenient. But I do not believe a single Democrat ever truly believed the mask was saving their life. Mm. I think they recognized it for what it was, a pawn to gain tremendous power and influence over people. Yeah. But they led people to believe that this is saving your life. And this is why you've now had the CDC come out. You've had the federal government come out. You've removed mask mandates virtually everywhere. Now zero states, Hawaii was the last state, no state has a mask mandate. And yet you can walk in. I walked into Home Depot in Houston. I, I was in Houston helping my mom yesterday. You can walk into Home Depot and in, you'll still see, I counted 50% of the people in the store still wearing a mask. Mm. Why? Because they can't. They mentally cannot. They've mentally accepted the fact not the fact, they've mentally accepted the false truth that that mask is saving their life. I think it's a very real possibility. Mm. Mm. And, and it's the same thing with the vaccine. Correct. And the group that I fear the most is the kids who already, right? Like you think about how many youth kind of just wear a hoodie up. How right? often do I just wear a hoodie up? It's like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that age group was already just like, they're already like, I look at my phone, I have my ear pods in. They're already a not so, like face-to-face social, right? For them hanging out is like playing video games together online, not each yeah. other's houses. And that mask was a place to hide their feelings. Mm. That mask was a place to hide what they're walking through. 
And now I think it's just going to, it's a really hard security blanket to rip away. You think about how hard it is to take that blanket or that stuffed animal away from your kid as they go from like eight to nine to 10. And you're like, Hey, at some point we got to pry this away. I just, I, I, I really, really worry about it. Mm. And it just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost like, are we ever, will we ever be able to pry it away? You know, like how, uh, I think, I think we just have to accept the reality that. How about the party of science being the most unscientific group ever? Yeah. Like you, you have destroyed lives. You've destroyed people mentally, right? People can't think for themselves anymore. Right. Uh, you have convinced people that their life hangs in the balance on whether they're going to, they have to wear a mask or right. get a vaccine. You've completely destroyed people's livelihood. Right. You've completely destroyed any cognitive function that they have. And they're solely dependent on the words that you speak. Right. Because um, the words that you speak are truth to them. Right. That's another thing. Their truth is their truth. Right. And so what you say is truth to them, and they're going to take it. They're going to write it on their hearts. They're going to stand strong in it, even... Even if it's going to end up destroying them. And someone listens says, that's crazy. It's not. And look, just back up. Where did it start? Maybe the origins of COVID started when we wanted to say a guy could be a girl. When did, I don't even remember. It's been a long time. Remember when Target? Oh, yeah. Let, With the bathroom? Yes. Thing? Yeah. And what was the argument then? It was very simple argument. It was just be a nice, decent human being. Yeah. Let that individual, let them believe that they could be a guy. Or let that guy believe they could be a girl. It's not that hard. Yeah. Just let them. Right? Just let them be that. Yeah. It's not that hard. And then... It was like, yeah, but what if they then want to change in a girl's locker room? That will never happen. And here we are. What if they then want to compete against women? Stop being ridiculous. Here we are. And then locker rooms. Well, what about sexual assault? That would never happen. Here we are. Now you have Leah Thomas, who's going to go to the NCAA Greatest championships. women's, quote unquote, shatter, women's swimmer of all Shatter time. women's records. And she says her goal is to compete in the Olympics, compete on the Olympic team. And a group of the party of science said it would never happen. Just like they said, there would never be a vaccine mandate. There'd never be a mass mandate. You'd never lose your job over this. Be careful the ground you give. Mm. Uh, one, one more topic. Not a sports topic. Hang with us. Yes. But Art Browse is back in the news again. It's worth covering. Do you want to hash out, just for those who maybe don't know the Gosh. situation, uh, it's a lengthy happened, story. And I have a question, too, to go along with it. Okay, let's give the 30-second. Art okay. Bryles, successful Texas high school football coach, wins four straight state championships at Stephenville, gets a job at the University of Houston, takes Houston to a winner, in fact, took over a Houston team that had won zero games, wins a conference championship, lands at Baylor 2008 to 2015, if, if I'm, I think I'm right. Yep, Two so. Big 12 championships. A Heisman Trophy winner. Heisman Trophy winner, RG3, and then this claim of sexual assault, run rampant, failure to report comes out. Baylor gets all these penalties from the NCAA, five-year investigation. Art Browse can't work anywhere ever again. Ever five again. years later, 
The independent law firm that investigated it has exonerated him. The NCAA has written him a letter exonerating him. And yet he tried to get a job in the CFL. He got canceled. He was just recently named the offensive coordinator at Grambling, which let's just be honest, not a premier program. Yeah. And getting a lot of attention now. This alum came out and spoke against that. And so the but, man has been out of coaching for five years, six years, five years. And, and but still here's my question. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people won't know this story either, but I thought Art Browse got fired in connection with the Sean Oakman uh, claim that he sexually assaulted a girl. That's correct. Which just recently, about a year ago, came out and they found him not guilty correct. that the woman came out and lied about it. That's correct. That's correct. Is it? Are they connected? They're Is correct. that what? They're connected. There were five instances of sexual assault involving football players. Okay. Baylor made that out to be that all sexual assault allegations involve football players and that Art Browse was covering them up and cited lack of institutional control, failure to report, Title IX. Title IX is a federal law, by the way, not right. an NCAA law. And so he's now guilty. If they fire him with cause, they don't have to pay him. NCAA investigation, though, has revealed, well, once all of those guys, all of those players, I believe all five were proven innocent, but Deshaun Oakman was the most. And then Sean Oakman right. doesn't even end up getting drafted Yep. as a result His of it. Life His He's life is ruined. He's playing in Canadian Football League Correct. right now. And, and he was supposed to be a top five pick. That's right. And the result is all of those people, those players have been proven innocent. And Art Browse has letters from independent firms and from the NCAA saying no violations are attached to him. Right. There were 117 sexual assault cases on Baylor University's campus. It was a culture issue. Mm. Baylor University, in an effort to protect their name and their reputation as a Christian university, were covering up these cases, Mm. were failing to report these cases. They then had an opportunity to scapegoat Bryles, who was only five of those cases. There's some details there as far as a political situation and the politics of literally like whether they're conservative or liberal and uh, who the president was at the time and and his connections to Bush administration and whatnot, but at the end of the day, Browse was Browse took the fall and to this day has still been unable to to get a job. Right. And so now he's now Grambling is getting shamed? What? Like what what's the general He walked away, I don't know. I'm, I'm, he walked I'm away? guessing I'm guessing there's a non disclosure. Okay. He's had no comment. He's been unable to comment. My guess is Grambling came to him and said, hey, we're receiving a lot of backlash over this. Here's an offer you can't refuse. X amount of dollars, you sign a non-disclosure, we sign a non-disclosure, you just got rich. You go away, you take the high road, we save face in yeah. the cancel culture mob. Is real mm-hmm. and strong, unfortunately. I think it's a reminder. It's so easy to pile on. It's so easy to join the mob, to yell from the back. That's the safer way to live, but that's the wrong way. Behind to live. a screen. Yep. Mm. And, you know, as we often say, we always want justice for everyone else and grace for ourselves, you know, or when it's someone else, we're the prosecution. When it's us, we quickly become a defense attorney. 
it's a great reminder that, um, oh God, we've said it so many times in this COVID era. Like it, you can't be woke enough. <laughs> it will come for you. So if you're a yeah. female athlete right now and you're refusing to stand up for Leah Thomas, you're out there, Megan Rapino, Candace Parker, all you, it's going to come for you. It will come for you. Yep. It will come for your kids. It's going to happen. Hey, what do I care if they want to wear a mask? Like, hey, it, it's going to come for you. What do I care if, if they make them get a vaccine? It's going to come for you. And so to me, you've got to, you've got to consistently stand. And does that put you in some unique situations? Yeah, we haven't even discussed a, a situation that we kind of threw out as far as school mandate versus some trans mandates that the state yeah. of Texas just passed which would put us in some, maybe for another time, if we can get the world to settle down, gas prices to drop, COVID to go away. Yeah, we'll cover some other topics. But um, it's, it's a lot going on. Big weekend. Big you, weekend. You got big weekend plans? You Do I ever tomorrow. have really big weekend plans? Are you available from 12 to 2 tomorrow? What's Gra going on? Grayson's doing a slam dunk contest out on the court for her birthday. Oh, she needs a judge. I got invited. Yeah, needs a judge. 12 to uh, 2. 12 to 2. It's going down, man. Nine games. We got gold medals laying over there on the table. They're okay. nice. Yeah, slam dunk contest. It's one of them. They they've been having me lower the goal down. And they practice. Mm. They've been practicing. Did you know? Fun fact. I won a interrail dunk contest. Stop it. How low was the goal? Uh, I think it was eight foot. At least. Yeah, I think it was eight foot. Because you can't do jack on an eight and a half foot goal. Mm -mm. People who want to look. I did dunk over somebody. People That's how who want to look at. The NBA slam dunk contest and say, "Man, this is so boring." Should go out and try to just do a two-handed dunk on an eight and a half foot goal. But see, my kids are so lucky. Our goal cranks down to four and a half feet. Let's go. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> we never had that when we were kids. We had to climb up on the bed of my dad's pickup truck and jump off the tailgate <laughs> to try to get to the ten-foot goal. You know, just one time at practice. I remember one time after basketball practice, the girls. Uh, the cheer team had left that like gymnastics trampoline, you know, it's like okay. kind of an angle. They had left it out. Oh man, Grab we that used that thing. thing. <laughs> oh, it was, it was the greatest moment of my life. So, a lot going on. Wherever you are, we hope you have a wonderful weekend. We greatly appreciate you tuning in, checking in. Hey, share this. Share it with somebody. A lot of good information today. I know it's a lot. Maybe it's all been dangerously wrong. Maybe, just maybe, it's been dangerously right. Dig in for yourself. You make a decision. We'll see you next week. Bye.